Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's golo.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com. Okay, according to this, it says October the 30th is all referred to as Cabbage Night or Mischief Night in certain areas like Jersey, Philadelphia, or down here in Delaware. It is called Mischief Night. However, in other areas, especially the Great Lakes region, it's called Devil Night. Usually dealing with hooligans and all sorts of wild hijinks happening on the night before Halloween. Hmm, okay, okay. It's interesting to see, like, my birthday has one hell of a legend behind it. Anyway, before we delve into that, because usually all hell J-Man day anyway, let's go on ahead and get on the road towards it with this. Welcome to the J-Man Show here on K360 Radio. products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hey, what's going on, J360 Legion? How are you all doing tonight? 
This is J-Man, of course, just sitting back here chilling on the show that started it all as we celebrate the Monster Fest. <laughs> hey, hey, I guess the storm is coming back in a big way. You know, just like with Space Force's song and stuff was saying, storms are coming. And shout out to Cyborgin as well. Alright, we all gotta reunite again. First chance we get. Well, not to uh, sully on anything. We still have to continue the trend of what's going down. We're going to be discussing some nightmare tales tonight. We're going to be looking into some urban legends in addition to some of the wild things that are happening in real life right now. Uh, you know something? Yeah. Have you noticed, like, the witch hunt continues and now it's back on the original target? Anything funny? Like, the whole Dave Chappelle issue is a problem right now? Hey, coming out of the rain. You know, it's just getting weird to me. You understand? Like, nowadays it's just like, you can't do anything to entertain, even though entertaining's your job. Now, I don't know about you, but you see, I grew up with the Def Jam crew. I grew up around, like, raw entertainment. But the thing about it is, entertainment like that was always punching up. It was always satire to go ahead and, like, go after those that are in power or those that are in public, you know? While at the same time, you know, giving everybody something to laugh, giving everybody a moment of enjoyment. I never thought I'd see the day where people, multiple news networks do this. They keep chiming on about Dave Chappelle. First off, is Dave Chappelle. Have you not seen Chappelle's show in, like, the early 2000s? I mean, that was some raw comedy, but it was funny. You know? Like, he talks about what goes on in life. Like, the life that you and I live. He talks about that. And the thing is, I make fun of it too, but I'm not a mega millionaire yet. He's got his money. If anything, he's fulfilling his contract with Netflix, and he does a damn good job doing it. Like, every single one of his stand-ups through Netflix have been very good. Like, you cannot deny them. Like, I just turn them on, like, when I need to get away from real life and, you know, the J360 responsibilities a little bit because, you know, too much work makes you dull. And the thing is, I am not dull. Not by any means. I'm sharp as hell. Can't you tell? (laughs) But the thing is, is this. Like, when I sit there and I watch, like, Sticks and Stones, and then I look at The Closer, and then I look at, like... You know, anything with him on it because I'm a fan. Like, he does not offend me. None of the stuff he was saying was offensive to me. It made me go like, damn, he out of line. But at the same time, I know he's well in line because he knows what the hell he's talking about. Have you ever seen a comedian that forces or tries to do exactly what the audience tell him to do to the point where it's lame? It's, it's, It's not even funny, you know? Now, I don't know if some of y'all, like, see, I work a lot, and I work very hard for the things that I'm doing, especially where I'm becoming as a person and where I'm going to and things like that, the new relationship and all that jazz. Like, you know, I work a lot, but the thing is, is this, you know, I need time and I need relief, and the best relief I can get is listening to my comedians that I idolized. Of course, a lot of them are dead now, but a lot of the comedians I idolized 
Say their, say their, you know, their spiel. Say their comical stylings. That's what you need. You need laughter. You you need that. Like, there's a video of me on Instagram where I'm about to say something, but I just laugh, man. I just corpsed the whole point where it was like, you know, I I have to do it. Laughter is fine. That that's medicine. Like, if anything, that's like the most um, reliable medicine you can have. If anybody's ever watched Patch Adams. I mean, you see so many people nowadays that don't know how to talk to people, they don't know how to communicate, and they want this society to tell them exactly how to think and feel. That is horrifying. That is scary as hell with the way this this Twitter crowd does. And then it, it, the major people that complain usually are the ones that are already offended about something, the ones that are already mad, the ones that already just have an axe to grind. Hey, I didn't get enough attention growing up, but now, now I got it. Mm-hmm. They're out there. That's the real monsters. And you see the ease of technology or the instant gratification that surrounds us, that, and not to mention the power tripping that goes along with canceling people, has given them this whole thing and has empowered them. To try to use this way. I've seen it now where people in Netflix are saying, we're going to walk out if they don't pull this. And it's like, they don't need to pull this. But then again, Dave Chappelle got his money. He doesn't care. And you know, the thing is, but there's a lot of upcoming comedians that are probably afraid to even go far in this career now because of this nonsense. And I look to them and I say, no, 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 no. You don't be afraid of anything. You get out there. You go on that stage and you perform like you're supposed to. I do it with you. And truth be told, I will. I'll go out there and I'll perform. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, if everyone around here has that whole point of, hey, I get to speak, I get to go do all the things that I want to do, you know, the sensitive crowd, well then so does the opposition. And so does a lot of people like me who are completely hardened and tired of this BS to stay silent. That's why I have this show. That's why I have a lot of all these other shows. And, you know, it might sound like virtual signaling to a point, but what I'm doing is I'm trying to empower all those other people that have something to say. Go on and say it. Go on and put it out there. Go on and get your comedy out there because maybe it's something that you grew up around. Maybe it's something that you need to talk about. Maybe you need to punch up. Because a lot of these people that are sensitive and empowered and stuff like that, they hive-minded and they're acting like a cult. And then it's getting to the point where people are starting to act like Stepford. And I'm telling you this, Stepford is creepy enough in fictional form, let alone real form. Indoctrination is the saddest thing I've ever seen. So don't allow yourself to be indoctrinated. That's what those monsters want to do. Want to run your life, ruin your life. And you see the thing about it is, Frankenstein Syndrome is going to take its place. Because the ones that cancel are going to get canceled with the way this stuff is starting to ship around. Because everybody's getting tired of it. Especially the fans. But hey. <laughs> hey, hey, can you guys hear me? Once again, talking about what really goes on can get you canceled. And right then and there, Comcast was acting up. But other than that, though, like, you know, as much as I pay on this stuff, I ain't letting that stuff slip. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and we're going to punch through. But like I said, don't let nothing in this world dictate what you do and how you do things. We're all grown adults here. And the real life monsters that exist out there, they would love to control you. And you see the thing about it is like how some people are behind the scenes of when I do a show. 
They always try to be like, oh, well, you know, uh, we found what you said was offensive. I said, good, kiss my ass. I hope so. I hope you find it offended to the point where... I hope you find offense with my work to the point where it makes my teeth whiter than they already are. I, I don't care. You know what I mean? As a matter of fact, because of the way y'all act sometimes, that's why I exist. Well, uh, when you take away the idea of my parents and them having a magical night. Uh, <laughs> other than that, though, um, yes. I wanted to go ahead and talk about that a little bit regarding Dave Chappelle and all. It's like, it's not controversial. That's the man's work. And not only that, he's made his money. If anything, he's just doing this as a way to probably add on a second or third house or something. I mean, you never know. Like, I stand with Dave. But I also stand with other comedians out there that are trying to get their voices heard. And, you know, he's not entirely against transgender. I mean, you know, Daphne was a transgender comedian. And unfortunately, she passed on before she could really reach prominence. But I'm sure that she probably was just as funny if Dave was mentoring her. You understand what I'm saying? But once again, we miss all the, um, you know, we miss all the information because we have to be highly reactionary towards things. And I always try to bring that up. Like, don't like you know, 100% go from 0 to 60, see, like, even with me sometimes, I know, like, how I chime in, and I look at people, and I'm like, are you really foolish? But before I get to that point, I do look over, decipher what's going down, and stuff like that, before I really come at people, because, like I said, after a while, you're gonna know the actions of people who don't care, and trust me, and I don't mean the I don't care, like, as, you know, like how I do it, I mean the other I don't care, you know? Other than that, though, uh, let's go ahead and give you guys another taste of these Nightmare Tales. Matter of fact, these past couple of weeks, I've been looking for some new stuff to go ahead and bring your way. Uh, It turns out that Slaughter Beach is named after the idea of those horseshoe crabs that come over towards it, you know, during mating season. And then some of them, after they are done doing the mating and, you know, repopulating, they die off. Now, you know, honestly, I think that's why it stinks. But I'm not trying to throw too many stones at Slaughter Beach. I think Slaughter Beach is a very nice area here in Delaware. I mean, because there's a swamp in there, and then there's the other side of the beach, and then there's, like, the story of, well, like, a ghost that walks on the boardwalk scenes at midnight. Now, I have yet to go over there at midnight, but, you know, I should go check that out and see if there's actually a ghost walking along the lines there. There's also, um, see, we just celebrated um, Indigenous Peoples Day, so I don't want to necessarily tell you the other story of why it got its name, because some of y'all probably can't handle that yet. You know, you're, you're still coming around off of the Dave Chappelle did another special and you butt hurt kind of thing. <laughs> so while we're at it, let's go on ahead and not play around in my hometown right now, um, or play around in my home state in general. Let's just go on ahead and visit some of the other states that are next door. I was going to actually look into California stuff, but I figured I could go ahead and do that when I start doing the shows over there. But um, here's what we'll do. We'll go ahead and we'll discuss the surrounding areas such as Maryland. Like, Maryland, believe it or not, definitely has a lot with it. And I mean in terms of, like, the spooky feels, the vibes that come out of nowhere. And, like, it ain't too far from me because all I got to do is hop on... um, Hop on, like, I'm not going to tell you the route number, but I know exactly where to go at to find this stuff. And when you're looking for it, it'll, it'll be there for you. 
especially this one that takes place in like Kingsville, Maryland. It's called Jericho Covered Bridge. Now, the Jericho Covered Bridge is known as one of the top haunted places in Maryland. It is a 150-year-old covered bridge on Jericho Road that goes across the Little Gunpowder Falls. Not too far from the covered bridge is the old Quaker village of Jerusalem Mill. According to legend, the bridge is haunted by a ghostly female apparition known as the White Lady. You're supposed to drive across the bridge, turn around at the dead end, and then drive back under the middle of the bridge and turn off your engine. The driver needs to honk the horn twice, and once every passenger is looking out the rearview window, the driver must place their foot on the brakes. The light from the brakes is supposed to illuminate an apparition of a crying woman dressed in Amish clothing. Many witnesses have said that their cars would also stall the moment they would try to escape from the bridge. You know what that sounds like? That actually sounds like, uh, oh god, I just said we weren't going to talk about my home state. Well, you know what? We're going to do it anyway. That actually sounds like the legend that took place over at Cooch's Bridge up there in Newark. Yeah, because allegedly, if you stop on Cooch's Bridge, you hear the sound of a fiddler playing, and then allegedly, like, you'll see, like, revolutionary soldiers come by your car, and they actually stand along with you as you, as you move across it because your car becomes their cannon, so to speak. A friend of mine named Tim actually said, like, it did happen to him as he was um, stalled on the bridge. And I was thinking this, what the hell is he doing out there at night? Especially in an area like Cooch's Bridge. Because Cooch's Bridge is pretty damn terrifying in the daytime, let alone at night. <laughs> no disrespect to the Cooches, they're good people. Just saying. But, you know, your, your, your home area is kind of, mm, it definitely is the set of a movie. But you know something, uh, uh, this whole thing about the white lady, I do understand that this this actually probably taking place. Because after a while, you'll start to realize that a lot of these legends do start to sound similar. But yeah, that is a very, very unique looking bridge. But who has the time to actually go back around and go through the bridge like that? I mean, isn't it like a, yeah, it's like a one air, it's like a one way bridge, isn't it? So, hmm, well, you got to do it at night. Maybe, maybe there is some truth to it. I don't think I'm going to go look for it, though. Oh, and for those of you that actually know of the Loch Ness Monster, Nessie herself, well, guess what? Apparently she has a cousin in the Chesapeake Bay, and her name is Chessie. So we're going to hear about her. Chessie is a large serpent type of creature that allegedly lives in the Chesapeake Bay. Over the years, there have been many sightings of a creature without flippers or horns on its body. Most sightings describe it as a long snake-like creature from 25 feet to 40 feet long. It is said to swim using its body like a snake to move through the water. There was a cluster of sightings in 1977, <laughs> Star Wars time, and more in the mid-1980s. A photograph of an unknown creature taken by Trudy Guthrie in 1980 was later identified as a manatee from Florida. Manatees were very unusual to see in the area. A manatee nicknamed Chessie was rescued from the Chesapeake Chili Water in October 1994 and returned to Florida, but has revisited the Chesapeake several times since then. It was photographed in the Patapsco River in 2010 and near the shore of Calvert County on July 12, 2011. The more recent photograph was confirmed by U.S. Geological Survey biologists. Unlike the reports of a serpentine creatures, manatees do not swim, undulating from side to side. It was reported in 1943 that two fishermen, Francis Clarman and Edward J. Ward, spotted something in the water near Baltimore. 
The thing was about 75 yards away from the boat, and at first it looked like they reported that it was something floating on the water. It was black, and part of it was out of the water that seemed to be 12 feet long, and it had a head about as big as a football. It shaped somewhat like a horse's head. It turned its head around several times looking in all directions. In 1982, Robert and Karen Few supposedly videotaped Chessie near Kent Island. Their video showed a brownish object moving side to side like an aquatic snake. The last notable sighting of the beast was in 1997 off of the shore of Fort Smallwood State Park, very close to shore. The legend of Chessie is very similar to that of Nessie, as I told you earlier. So does Maryland have its own sea monster, or is it just misidentification? Take a trip out to the Chesapeake Bay and look for yourself. Hmm. hmm. Well, you know, much like the Loch Ness, uh, Chesapeake Bay is um is pretty deep. And not only that, you're going to have one hell of a time looking for Chessie because that's a lot of water to cover. And dare I say it, though, it'll be a very interesting uh, assignment for me to do sometime. You know, to go ahead and take a look and see how plausible these urban legends are. And if I ever do run into Nessie, eh, chances are I probably, you know, I'm going to have to take that picture so I can get money. Come on now. I'm trying to get rich, damn it. Well, not rich, but, you know, financially free. <laughs> it's not impossible, man. I'm going to make that work. Because, I mean, like, if that's real, though, I would like to see something. Like I said last episode about the Megalodon, I just would like to see it. I don't want to be up close and be its dinner, but I would like to see it. Little things to think about. Let's see. What else do I have for you guys right now? Point Lookout. Okay, well, let's take a look. Point Lookout State Park has some, what some consider the most haunted lighthouse in America. Hey, we're Delaware. Delaware has the ghost light. What, what are they talking about? Uh, I'll, I'll explain the ghost light to you if you don't know about it. Uh, let's see. As the ocean, as the ocean worn ship, the Ark and Dove sailed up the Potomac River for over 366 years ago, the point later to be named Lookout seemed pristine to Maryland's first colonists. Soon, tragedy after tragedy would change the landscape. Lord Baltimore's brother, owner, and governor of the colony... Well, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Lord Baltimore's brother. Okay, about to say. Owner and governor of the county tragically died in his mid-30s. His son drowned in nearby Calvert Bay. And Virginia Indians raided Point Lookout in 1648, massacring many, many settlers. Numerous shipwrecks have haunted the point as well. Many sailors have drowned in the waves, and the sandy beach has become the gravesite to many. To prevent further disasters, in 1827, Congress ordered a small beacon light to shine the way for mariners heading into the Chesapeake Bay to the east and the Potomac River to the west. Trouble soon came to the lighthouse when its first keeper, James Davis, died on duty. Two other keepers also died while on watch. On November 11, 1862, a Union gunboat, the USS Tulip, en route from Point Lookout to Washington, D.C., exploded, claiming 57 lives. Eight mutilated and unidentified bodies washed ashore. During the years of the Civil War, Point Lookout became the site of Camp Hoffman, the Union's largest Confederate prison camp, housing 52,264 Confederate prisoners. Tattered canvas tents provided little shelter. Starvation and disease ran rampant. Thousands died due to neglect, and even in death, their bodies will not rest in peace, or could not rest in peace, after being moved as many as three times. The remains of many a soldier laid at last in the Confederate cemetery. 
Mm, damn. Disaster struck again in peacetime when Point Lookout had become a popular vacation spot. With its bathing beaches and a hundred cottages, the Fenwick Inn was the height of early 19th century resort fashion. The elite summered here until a tragic fire burned the hotel to the ground in 1878. That same year, the Steamer Express broke up broke up off the coast of during a hurricane. 22 lives were lost. The legends were abundant in this historic location. Some of the claims included a ghost of a Confederate soldier could be seen running across the road during the evening. The voice of the old lighthouse keeper can be heard singing inside the lighthouse throughout the night. An apparition thought to be Ann Davis, the wife of a former keeper, had been seen wandering around in her blue dress, softly telling people, this is my house. You know, they got one time to tell me that. You understand what I'm saying? When you do this kind of stuff and you claim ownership, I'm going to do what those people in Amityville should have done and got the hell out. Just saying. Then again, I don't run. But then again, I can't necessarily punch the punch ghosts. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But let's see. The ghost of the second mate of the Express, Joseph Heaney, appears during major storms, knocking on the lighthouse door as a warning. Some have even seen his face in the window just before a storm. Ghosts of emancipated soldiers have been seen wandering the grounds day and night, and there have even been reports of phantom ships seen on the horizon at nightfall. Well, you know, like, uh, see, what I'm reading from also has the uh, address and locations of these places. But, you know, I'm not going to throw them at you yet, because <laughs> y'all don't need to be bold and daring yet. Y'all still got that whole COVID to fight through, just like me. So... We'll worry about those little vacations at another time. But from what I can tell and looking at the picture of it, eh, the upkeep's pretty good for a haunted place. Mm. This one is called Blink Man in Ellicott City, Maryland. Alright. The Ilchester Tunnel is located near the historic town of Ellicott, Maryland. This old B&O railroad tunnel has a little-known urban legend attached to it. The legend of the Blink Man. Not Blank Man, Blank Man. Legend has it that an old homeless man was hit and killed by oncoming train in nineteen early 1900s and now his spirit haunts the tunnel. And he was also blind. The legend says if you stand on the tracks at 11pm and stare into the tunnel for an entire hour without blinking, the Blank Man will appear and every time you blink after he first appears to you, his ghost will get closer and closer until his eyelash brushes against your face. The constant flickering of his eyelashes on your skin. These constant butterfly kisses are said to send you into madness, driving you to rip out your own eyes in a fit of blind rage. The legend is relatively unknown by most of the younger residents, but for those who still whisper about it sometimes, called the Blink Man by his various nicknames. Peeping Tom, the Peeper, Tunnel Man, Ilchester the Molster, Molster I said, in case Mark is listening, yeah, I'll call them out. Yeah, yeah, damn right. Are just some of the names known to be associated with the Flickercrest in Ilchester, Maryland. Flickercrests are known to be shadow beings living on the precipitary of our vision. It has been theorized that the Ilchester Tunnel serves as a sort of interdimensional portal, and by completing the steering contest, the Flickercrest is drawn out of the shadows and trapped within the beholder's field of vision. Oh, that would suck. Let's see, the legend of the Blank Man has its roots in the Great Depression and has inspired the nightmares of thousands of Ellicott City children since. It is a story that has oddly been overlooked by writers on the subject of Maryland folklore. 
Today, the tunnel is covered by spray paint graffiti, and the symbol for the Blink Man can be found all over the rusty structure. A circle with a single diagonal line crossed through it. Really? Okay. If you leave the mark anywhere in town, the older locals are quick to remove it for safety reasons. The tunnel is off limits, but that doesn't stop the truly curious from trespassing. Police will tell you to stay away because of the obvious dangers of being struck by passing trains, but believers will tell you to stay away from the tunnel to slow the spread of the curse. I mean, this is the only paranormal case in Maryland that allegedly has fatalities attached to the urban legend because those stupid enough to stand on a set of railroad tracks at night for an entire hour are likely to get crushed by an oncoming freight train. But the deaths involved are enough to give the folklore some litimacy. (laughs) No, that's not me adding something in, by the way. That's pretty much the original author saying that. Yeah, like, why the hell would you stand on a set of train tracks anyway? You know what I'm saying? Even even if they say that, you know, these haven't been in use for a while, it doesn't mean that a train won't detour on that. You understand what I'm saying? At 11 o'clock p.m., you better get the hell out of the way. There ain't no way about it. But here's the thing. You got to use common sense. And, um, now you do not need to wait for the blank man to show up because... Honestly, he's a ghost, and to and to be fair, time is not on his side because time has passed on from his side. So, like, if you're standing on the train tracks and it's 11 o'clock p.m. and you're just waiting, nah, something about that is a little off. Uh-uh. <laughs> but yeah, don't don't do that. But I'll tell you one thing: from what I'm seeing, it's a very beautiful tunnel. Yeah. Oh, remember when I told you guys about the blue dog? He's got an entry here, too. Port Tobacco, Maryland. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah, that, that that's him. Okay, so here we go. Many years ago, in the late 1700s, there was a soldier and his beloved dog. The soldier and the dog were the very best of companions, and this particular soldier was fairly wealthy. He and his dog lived in the Port Tobacco area of Charles County and were walking home from a local bar one night, where a couple of rugged thieves overtook him. They beat the soldier to death, killing his dog along with him. Legend says that a rock known as Peddler's Rock can be seen around the Rose Hill Manor. This is the rock that the poor soldier was thrown against, fatally wounding him. The dog was supposedly killed after his master in order to stop the beast from attacking the thieves during their very despicable attempts to rob a man of his lifelong earnings. After they murdered the unfortunate soldier, they fled the scene. Later, the two thieves returned to Peddler's Rock on Rose Hill in search of riches and a deed to a home and property that is said to have been in the possession of the now-dead soldier. When they got close to Peddler's Rock, they noticed that the soldier's body was gone and that there was a luminous, ghostly dog standing there. The dog had been black in life, but in death he appeared to have a bluish coat and glowing eyes. The men froze in their steps. They couldn't do anything but stare at the ghostly dog in front of them. The blue dog let out a howl and charged right at him. The two thieves fled in pure terror, never to return to the rock and search for the hidden or perhaps buried treasures. The Peddler's Rock is a large rock that is said to still be present and located on the Rose Hill Manor property. It is said to have red stains and lies on a hill that is historically known as Rose Hill, but is now more appropriately known as Blue Dog Hill due to the legend. Some speculation and different theories on the story have been told by locals throughout the years, 
The stories being, began being told and recorded in the late 1800s, most of which told the story of a soldier who had just become wealthy. Others say that the man was in fact a peddler who had stolen the treasures from someone else in the area, which is why he was killed. However, whatever the true story, the legend started somehow in some way and still continues to this day. Sightings of the Blue Dog have occurred since the 1800s, with the more recent and well-known sightings taking place in the 1970s. The locals of Port Tobacco claim that you can still hear the Blue Dog howling at night. Sad howls seem to emanate from Rose Hill, and the Blue Dog is said to hover over Peddler's Rock, guarding his, his master's treasure and possibly his remains for eternity. Some have even claimed to have been chased by the Blue Dog. Most people will not even go near Peddler's Rock at night and never on Halloween. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I mean, I would like to see a blue pup. You know, just go ahead and be like, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> you, you gotta understand, I'm pretty friendly to animals. <laughs> but if it starts going ahead and trying to maul at me, then, you know, we're gonna have to change that. <laughs> you know? And this uh, next one is called, for the Maryland lineup here, it's called David. Shadyside, Maryland. Alright, let's see what's happening in Shadyshide then. Okay, in Shadyshide, Maryland, there's a legend of in Cedarhurst of a little boy who drowned in the marsh of the marina. Some say it was an accidental drowning, but others believe he was drowned by some evil person after being kidnapped. In the early 1900s, there was a little boy named David. Some stories say he was 6 years old, and others say he was 10. He was said to be a very sweet young boy who would often be seen playing in the street with his red ball. In one story, in one version of the story, David's mom looked outside and didn't see him playing in the road, so she went out to look for him. After searching around the yard and calling for him with no reply, she became panicked and started screaming for help. And then she ran towards the marina, and she found her sweet little boy face down in the water with his red ball floating next to him. In another version, David was playing in the street, and the mother again noticed that he was gone. She searched for him and found nothing but his red ball sitting in the ditch near the, next to the edge of the road. After reporting his disappearance to the local police, they formed a search party, and just as the sun was setting, David's lifeless body was found floating in the marina. Legend says that if you go to the marina after midnight, why is it always after midnight? After midnight, you can see the little boy down by the water, or sometimes he is even seen floating in the water. The locals say that there is a cross down at the marina for David. Some teenagers have on occasion knocked over his cross, but somehow it is always upright the next day. Many say just before you see David, you will see a red ball bounce across the road, and then he will run across the road after it. It's hard to nail down exactly what arena is the correct one from this area, but most of the people I talked to said it was Westport Marina. Mmm. I don't know. Could it be? Could it be? All right, well... You know, we're not entirely done yet because I got another one for you. But that, to me, that's that's really interesting. I mean, like, you know, a lot of that stuff that goes down. Now, here's the thing. We'll go ahead and do two more. Yeah, why not? It's the season. So, this one is called Glendale Hospital. Yeah! I knew we were going to get a hospital one tonight. Guess because I wrote the episode. Anyway, uh, <laughs> here we go. So, it takes place in Glendale, Maryland, of course. Now, here we go. This is another Great Depression-era story. So, at the height of the Great Depression in the early 1930s, a tuberculosis epidemic swept across Washington, D.C. As hospitals in the city became overcrowded and overflowed, patients were sent to hospitals in neighboring Maryland and Virginia. It became clear that a 
dedicated facility was needed to handle the outbreak. Glendale Hospital, built in 1934, was established to meet the needs of tuberculosis patients and to halt the spread of disease. Although tuberculosis, known as TB or consumption, had been known by medical professionals for a long time, they really didn't have a good treatment for it. Due to its high rate of contagion, people diagnosed with TB were typically isolated or even shunned. Many were sent to live out the rest of their lives in rural sanatoriums. The patient's families would frequently tell friends and neighbors that the infected relative had died rather than admit to them being put into a tuberculosis diagnosis. The preferred treatment for TB at the time consisted mainly of prolonged exposure to sunlight and fresh air. Glendale Hospital was built on a 216-acre campus of 23 buildings separated by open, expansive lawns. Rooftop garages were installed and tended by patients to encourage them to spend as much time outside as possible. Two of the buildings were used for treatment. Other buildings included those that are used as patient dormitories, nurses' residences, laundry, seclusion rooms, chapels, and morgues. The buildings are connected by a series of underground tunnels, a common feature of such sanatoriums. Wow, that would be nice. Uh, no, 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 I have a sick idea in my mind. Don't, don't, don't worry about me. Let's continue the story. Uh, in the 1940s, uh, the doctors discovered that the antibiotic, antibiotics were successful in treating tuberculosis. As antibiotics became more widely used in the 1950s, the number of tuberculosis patients at Glendale Hospital dwindled until in 1960 it repurposed as a nursing home and a hospital for indignant patients. The facility was finally closed in 1982 due to high levels of asbestos in the buildings. It has sat abandoned since then. When the hospital closed, locals say they just opened the doors and turned the patients from the nursing home out onto the street with no money and nowhere to go. For many of the indignant, I mean, yeah, indigents, this was the only home they knew said he would return to the abandoned building to live in squalor. Today, Glendale is condemned. People patrol the area and ticket any trespassers. Damn it. <laughs> Upper floors have caved in and the stability of the building is in question, yet there are still tales of strange things happening inside and outside of those walls. One story is called about a police officer who was patrolling the area alone, a call for backup, and shots fired came across the radio. When backup arrived, they found the stunned officer standing in the building, frozen with his eyes wide open and his gun completely empty. He had seen something running towards him, and he emptied his gun as it advanced on him. Then it simply disappeared. He was in shock. The morgue is also another hot spot for activity and is located in the main hospital building. People have reported hearing gasping, calls for help, gurgling sounds, and metal banging. Apparitions have also been reportedly seen in the area. The hauntings seem to take place in the two structures closest to the road on your right, and most doors and windows have been broken out and abandoned medical equipment is scattered everywhere within the buildings. A large pack of ghost dogs have been seen roaming around the grounds at night. Some say that a dense fog precedes the appearance of the spectral canines, and there have also been stories of people seeing shadow people outside and inside the buildings. Smoke have been coming have been seen coming from the smokestack of the on-site crematorium, and people hear moaning and screaming coming from the buildings at night. People have also stated that they've heard noises such as banging and yelling coming from the hospital walls themselves, and sometimes laughter can be heard as well. In one legend, there is said to have been sightings of a man in a straitjacket that went insane after watching his family being murdered by an intruder while he hid in the closet. He was so overcome with the guilt that he didn't help his family, but eventually went insane and was sent to the hospital. He broke into the medication room and took a mixture of many pills to end his own life. 
and that is Glendale Hospital. Damn. See, well, you know, the reason why I was saying, like, that was kind of cool was because I was thinking of a movie set where there were multiple different tunnels connecting to certain areas. You know, kind of like how we would all have to live after a while if, uh, you know, like, say, like, if the surface of the Earth becomes really, really annoying, we'll have to go and do the space battleship Yamato thing and live within the Earth. And even then, that's questionable. <laughs> you know, like, I, I was just thinking about little scenarios like that. Like, how would we all survive being trapped in mazes like that? That'd be kind of kind of interesting. But, yeah, like, you know, we just only scratch the surface about the stuff that goes on in Maryland. But that right there, my friends, is just, whew. I got a little bit of a chill from that, considering that some of that stuff is actually true. I'd like to think that's things that happen in those old hospital buildings, though. They're probably true to form. And we got plenty of them still standing, too. Not just that one. All right, here's another one for you. This one is called The Two Hitchhikers. So you guys ready for this one? You better be. Let's do it. A salesman driving across the highway one day saw a hitcher and decided to pick him up. To relieve his boredom. After he did, he immediately regretted it because the man was large, menacing, and his questions about the salesman's business made him nervous. Ahead, he saw another hitchhiker and decided that his best bet was to pick this one too. Especially since this one was well dressed and very clean cut. Now, as soon as the second hitcher got in the back seat, he pointed a gun at the two men in the front and demanded their valuables. The front end passenger swung his arm back and smashed the robber in the head with his elbow, knocking him unconscious. Before the salesman could say anything, the large man took the gun and all the unconscious robber's possessions and pushed them back out the car. And then as he turned to the salesman, gun in hand, the salesman begged him not to hurt him, promising to do whatever the large man asked. The large hitchhiker said, relax, buddy, I'm not going to rob you. It's my day off. (laughs) And he has a gun! So now he's armed and... Well, you know, he probably wouldn't be robbing the guy afterwards since he already had a good score. Right? Yeah, okay. Nah, nah, nah. He, he, that man is just as done. Just saying. Just as done. You know, there's actually this um, urban legend that does happen in Delaware. Like, um, It's like Maggie's Bridge on the other side of Camden. Where, like, allegedly, like, a woman and her baby died around there. And they say if you go out there and you do like the Bloody Mary thing and say, but instead of saying Bloody Mary like three times fast, you say like, Maggie, I have your baby. Maggie, I have your baby. Allegedly, Maggie will show up. But at the same time, would you really do this to tell a specter that you have her baby, knowing full well how a mom would protect their child if they really give a damn? I wouldn't, I wouldn't risk it. Get my drift? But hey, it's just little things like this. I, I really like discussing folklore with you guys because, you know, they help shape the culture. And, like, you know, as we get away from a few things in real life, like what goes on regarding them building that facility in Maryland, you know, for all those that had TB, is not so far off different from how people handled COVID so far. And... You know, in the early stages of it. You know what I mean? It was like all hands on deck, essential heroes and stuff. But now you're starting to see, like, the other side of it where people are saying, you need to get vaccinated or else and all that jazz. It's like you start seeing all sorts of horror stuff going down. And, like, true to form, 
Like, who knew how crazy people were back in the day with that polio and all sorts of other stuff? I mean, even when, like, they had the Spanish flu and we never found out how they got rid of that, right? It's kind of weird, isn't it? It's just little things like that. But I always said this. um, I don't necessarily have to review a horror movie. I don't necessarily have to make a horror movie. I already live in one. You see what I'm saying? But now we're at that part of the movie where, hey, I'm just tired of stuff. It's either him or me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I and I definitely would go to toe-to-toe with a psycho killer. Just go ahead and do what I gotta do. I choose life, motherfucker. You know what I mean? <laughs> Other than that, though, um, I know that the Monster Fest is still continuing on in a big way. I got a lot of ratings to throw towards you guys. It's just been a very busy week. But, you know, as like I said, it was going to be a week's worth of content, and you guys have plenty to look forward to. And I know, like, I was going to throw some clips up, but with the way YouTube is acting regarding, like, fair use these days, I'm going to try because I'm not afraid of any of this stuff. But at the same time, it's like, I really don't want to go through the headache of content ID. So, you know, I'm working with that right now. So things might be a little bit different. I'm going to find it one way or another. But until then, though, I'm glad you all are enjoying the Monster Fest so far. We got, me and Alan got something big planned for you guys. Matter of fact, the mystery box is supposed to be coming around. And if you don't know what the mystery box is, you will find out tomorrow. (laughs) And, oh, for those that were wondering, yes, Jams 34 has been announced. And track submissions are open anytime you guys want to jump in on them however it must be two tracks and you must have a link it doesn't matter if it's Bandcamp, it could be spotify it could be youtube but as long as it's a link that best sells you and your music so that people of the j360 legion can invest in you and listen to what you have to offer and don't get lazy with your debut because deadlines end next thursday at five o'clock p.m eastern all right till then now this is the j-man signing off i want you guys to take it easy 